Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasso Show. What's happened the last three games for the Knicks is a little disturbing, to be quite honest with you. They couldn't beat the Orlando Magic. They couldn't beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were missing their two best players or two of their best players in your building. You know, we're not that far removed from a nine-game winning streak, for crying out loud. If they can't get up off the mat against the Rockets, then you have Miami coming back in on Wednesday. A desperate Miami team that already just beat you a week ago. And then you got to go to Cleveland next Friday. It's still going to be a big game, but not for the four seed, just so the Knicks can keep their head above water at this point. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. That's right, Alan of the on this Saturday morning, soon to be Saturday afternoon. Dan Gross' show, 9870 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. At Dan Gross, you could get me on Twitter. Harvey and Joe are here as well, producing the program. Anita's coming up at the top of the hour. She will take you for three hours. Then it's Gordon after that till about 4.30. And then it's Ranger Hockey, Rangers Panthers. That's right. As the Blues, that was a big win for the Rangers the other night. Big, 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 big win. Oh, my gosh. Really and truly was. You know, they had that disappointing third period against Carolina at the Garden. Then they go down to Raleigh, and they return the favor in their building and really just play a tremendous hockey game. And and I'll tell you, the thing you like the most right now with the Rangers is that the goaltender is starting to look like the guy we saw last year. Maybe not quite at that level, but Igor has been sensational. He really has. I mean, that game on Thursday night, that was all Igor. And there have been a couple of them during this stretch to where he's made some plays and he's gone through some stretches where you said, where has this been all year? All right, so, hey, better late than never. Timing is perfect because if he's going to be able to carry this thing over with him into the playoffs, Rangers might be able to make another deep run like they did last season. The only problem is, is that, and this and this goes with the Devils as well, and you want to throw the Islanders into the conversation, fine, but I don't put the Islanders in the same category yet as the, the Rangers and the Devils. The Eastern Conference is freaking loaded. Absolutely loaded. You know, we might be talking about, you could probably go, let's see, one, two, three. <sighs> You might go four, and, and, and you know what? If, if you're feeling generous, even five deep. If I'm making a list of the best teams in all the National Hockey League, and they're all from the Eastern Conference, before you finally get to somebody from the West. So that's my point, is that like these, these Eastern Conference playoffs are stacked to where you're going to have like elite teams that are going to get sent home in the first round. Not because they're upset, but because... The way the conference is structured right now and the way you got to play some of these teams with the division matchups and everything, you got to have a winner, you got to have a loser. Like right now, the Devils are playing the Rangers in the first round. Those are two teams that on merit are really, really good and probably among the top four in their respective conference. But one of them is going to be gone in the first round. 
You go look at the uh, up in the Atlantic Division, Toronto and Tampa Bay, two really good hockey teams. One of them is going to be gone. It doesn't seem that that's fair. It doesn't seem that that's right, but hey, you get years like that sometimes. So we'll see how things get sorted out over the next couple of weeks, and then we can uh, get this thing rolling, which should be an extremely, extremely entertaining uh, National Hockey League postseason I knew here every step of it, of course, right here on uh, 98.7 ESPN, at least as far as the Rangers are concerned and their drive towards the Stanley Cup. As far as football is concerned, still no Aaron Rodgers, still not a Jet just yet, and let's pump the brakes a little bit, okay? I, I know that people are freaking out. Pump the brakes. Yeah, you got to pump the brakes, Adam, don't you? You have to. People are texting me left and right. What's happening? They're getting this thing done. How much longer is it going to take? Why the delay? Just give them a first-round pick. Just get this thing over with. Hey, this is the art of the negotiation, right? This is the poker game. Nobody wants to give in. Nobody wants to blink. And remember, you still have a month. The NFL draft is a month away. That is the incentive, if you ask me, if you are the Green Bay Packers, because throughout this whole process, as I've been talking about, if you're Green Bay and you're prepared to go full steam ahead with Jordan Love as your quarterback, don't you want to be able to surround him with as many pieces as possible and give him the best chance to be successful? Because he's going to have to have a big year for you, don't you think? Because don't you have to decide on his fifth-year option? Decide if indeed... He has all the tools and everything necessary to be able to have a career even half as good as what Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre had, the guys that came before him. So why wouldn't you want those picks to be from this year's draft, to be able to load up for 2023? That, that's how I would approach it if I'm Green Bay and I'm Bryden Gutenkust. And remember, the other thing, too, is if you just want to look at draft capital, 2023 versus 2024, don't you think with Aaron Rodgers as the Jets quarterback for the upcoming season, I, I mean – I know you can't guarantee anything in sports and in life, but, you know, if if he's on the field and he's healthy, I would probably wager a guess to say Jets are going to be a better team than they were last year. You know, call me crazy. I think the Jets will win more than seven games. I think the Jets will probably um, be picking a lot later in the first round and in all the other rounds for the 2024 draft after a year with Aaron Rodgers. I think they'll be pretty good. So why wouldn't you want the better picks for this year? And as I said, it doesn't have to be a first-rounder. I am still, still steadfast when I tell you that a first-round pick does not have to be included in this. Now, it was interesting what happened a couple of days ago, the trade that Joe Douglas made with the Cleveland Browns and sent Elijah Moore to Cleveland. Because in turn, you got a second-round pick back. Now, you also gave up a third-round pick, but you got a number two. So you got two twos. Don't you think one of those is probably in the conversation to go to the Green Bay Packers, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. It's not a one. Still a very valuable pick. You know, second-round picks are just as good as first-round picks in a lot of ways. I know that there's contractual limitations in how much you have them on your team, this and that, but you can still find extreme value there. So why isn't that good enough as a bargaining chip? I'm not really stressing out over it because it's going to get done. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Jets quarterback for the upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, why, why wouldn't you lock it up? Really, at this point, why wouldn't you? Like, do you really actually think, by golly, really think that this is not going to happen? I mean, come on. Where are they turning to? Both teams, both sides. 
Jets have nowhere else to pivot. And Green Bay's already gone so far enough down this road, they're not just going to have them sit there, eat up all that cap space, and not play. Come on. Relax. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. It will happen. Now, I never thought, well, I mean, you could dream, but I never thought that I would see the day to where the Jets have almost become like the most desirable franchise in the NFL. Doesn't it seem like that? Like, I never thought I would see a day where every player in the NFL who's got options, like, wants to play for the Jets. Isn't it funny how this is, like, unfolding? Whether it's Odell Beckham Jr., who's got the Jets on his, you know, wish list. Zeke Elliott, who's got a little wish list, I guess. And he's got the Jets on the final three. Calais Campbell, who's, you know, been around for a long time, but he's still, you know, a decent player. Calais Campbell is going to visit the Jets next week for maybe to help on that defensive line. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers. Like, we're not that far removed from him actually going on the Pat McAfee show and the words coming out of his mouth that said, I, I want to play for the New York Jets. So the Jets have become like that team. And it's starting to, like, if they get a couple more of these guys, not even saying that they have to, but are they going down the dream team road? That didn't work out great for that Philadelphia Eagles team in, what was that, 2011 when they signed all those guys and they, you know, didn't get to a Super Bowl. Kind of blew up in their face a little bit. But I never thought that I would be around to where, like, the Jets would become the dream team. But that's that's kind of how this feels. Like, once the Rodgers trade goes through and all these other guys happen, it's, it's, it, it really is remarkable. Because we're not all that far removed from this team, what, winning only two games in 2020? essentially being an afterthought, the butt of jokes. And now how things have transformed, and all of a sudden, you're talking about the Super Bowl odds. You're already having people forecasting about what the national TV schedule is going to look like this year and the primetime game assignments and how the Jets are going to be littered all over the place. And it seems like it happened overnight. And I think if you're a Jet fan, you got to be loving this because there's been a lot of lean years. I don't think that I have to tell you. I mean, shoot, I'm there every week. I'm doing the games. I, I, I know what it's like. I've lived this life with you. And I know you don't want to count your chickens until they're hatched and all that stuff, but wow. That's all I could say is wow. Like, and, and it seems like it just happened instantaneously. Now, you can still got to go out there and win games. It doesn't guarantee you anything. All it is is that maybe you're going to get some more coverage. You're going to get some more headlines and, and, and all that stuff. But if you're not winning games and you don't pay it off, then what good is it? Because when the quarterback gets here, you're only going to have a finite amount of time to be able to go chase that trophy with him as the leader on the field. Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be here for 10 years. You know, breaking news. He's not going to be a long-term solution at the quarterback position. He's going to be here for a couple of seasons at the most, and that's it. So if that is the philosophy of the front office, and they do indeed want to go take a bunch of one-year flyers on these players and load up the roster and see if they can go all Kind of like what the Rams did a couple of years ago, right? You know, the Rams made the trade for Matthew Stafford. They acquired all these veterans, you know, the Von Miller trade, and they signed Odell and all that. Just loading up as many pieces as possible 
to try to give themselves the best chance to win a championship in what was a very small, narrow window. Are the Jets trying to take a page out of the Rams' book? Maybe not, like, exactly so. But the way they're collecting talent on this team, and on paper, it's like night and day from what it was just a couple of seasons ago. If you're a fan, it's hard not to get excited. 800-919-3776. That is the... Telephone number. We come back. Got to get into a move they made earlier this week. Bringing in a wide receiver, swapping out a wide receiver. I think you know who we're talking about, but I do think there's some things you could read between the lines with that. Dan Grasso Show. We roll to the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And I got to be honest with you, that one kind of came out of left field. Caught me by surprise because a couple of weeks ago when I was working with Bart and we were talking about the Giants in particular and the guys that, you know, maybe they could potentially go out there and sign at the, at the wide receiver position to, you know, maybe make things a little bit easier on Daniel Jones. And McCole Hartman's name was one that was still out there, still available, and a guy that I thought could be probably someone you didn't have to break the bank for because last year was an injury plague season for him. Remember, he, he didn't even play in the Super Bowl for Kansas City. And I thought that that would have made a lot of sense for the Giants. And then when you find out that he's a Jet, you're like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I see. But then to give... And to get, you got to make kind of a swap, right? Because that wide receiver room was starting to get a little bit crowded. Even though Berrios was gone, but you signed Alan Lazard. Now you signed Hardman. And then later that afternoon, boom, you find out that Elijah Moore was traded to the Cleveland Browns. So, look, you got McCall Hardman for one year. We know the speed element that he brings to the offense. I mean, this dude's, like, really fast. And, and I don't know how many people know the story. Back when he was coming into the draft in 2019, Mike McCagnan, who was, of course, the predecessor to Joe Douglas, Mike McCagnan actually tried to trade back into the second round to take McCall Hardman. He wanted him. Identified the talent, identified the speed, the tools, the whole nine yards. One thing led to another, fell through. Kansas City gobbled him up instead, and the rest is history. The guy's got two Super Bowl rings. And I don't know what Mike McCagney's doing right now, actually. Anyway, so you got Hardman. And Elijah Moore was somebody who last year, look, it was a bad season for him. 
Nothing worked out. The squabbles became public. But you were only talking about a guy who was two years into the league. You still had him under your control for two more seasons on a rookie deal, right, that I think, you know, with the changes that have been made with the team, specifically the offense, you might have still been able to get some good football out of Elijah Moore. And to say that he needed a change of scenery, I'm not going to dispute that because it got ugly last year. But what I will say is that let's remember something about Elijah Moore. Everybody who thinks that, like, absolutely it wouldn't have worked out and there was no way in hell that, you know, they could have run this thing back with him. I will say that the people that he had the biggest grief with, you know, the ones that maybe he wasn't seeing eye to eye with, those guys are gone. Those guys aren't here anymore. So could the relationship have been salvaged? Could the two sides have continued to work together? I, I, I think it would have been a possibility. Remember, everybody likes to win. And would it have been different with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback as opposed to somebody like Zach Wilson who was struggling getting everybody involved? But then the thing about Elijah Moore is either, too, even when Mike White took over, it's not like he was being all that productive and doing a heck of a lot of damage even when Mike White was the quarterback or Joe Flacco or whoever the hell was you know under center for the Jets at, at any given point last year. So there's a couple of different ways you can look at this thing. He'll get a fresh start in Cleveland. We'll see where it goes. Um, it's still the Browns. You know, you could talk to the cows come home about Deshaun Watson and he got an established quarterback and all those things, but it's still the Browns. The Browns are the Browns. They're going to keep being the Browns until, you know, they break the curse, which I don't know when that's going to be. But as far as what's here for the Jets, you know, what you have at wide receiver, remember it wasn't even that all, you know, all that long ago. Like, the Jets were starting games with, like, their starting wide receivers were Chris Hogan, Jeff Smith, um, you know, a guy who's long, you know, other guys who were, like, long gone. And it's just, it's remarkable. We're only talking about, like, three years. That was, like, during the 2020 season. And now Jamison Crowder was when Jamison Crowder's on the Giants. How about that? So is Jeff Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jets are going to run out there. Garrett Wilson, McCole Hardman, Alan Lazard. You know, Corey Davis is still here for now. I don't know how that's going to play itself out. Denzel Mims is here for now. And you could bet that the Jets are probably going to still use a draft pick on a wide receiver. Get as many weapons here as possible. But I was very pleasantly surprised about the McCole Hardman acquisition and I I didn't even have any heads up about it I, I didn't know that this was in the offing very very surprised taken off guard there 800-919-3776 that is the telephone number let's go to the phones let's say hi to Mike in Brooklyn up next here on 9870 ESPN Michael how are you I'm good what's going on how you doing Michael what's going on man man first off off the rip I'm gonna let you know I'm a Giants fan but okay I'm gonna say this I love what Woody's doing with the Jets all in all in. Let's play to win. Let's not be competitive. No sports welfare. I'm playing for a ring, like all owners should do. But as I said, I love it, man. I got to appreciate it, and I just wanted to put that out there. I agree with you, and I think that if you're a fan, that's all you can ask for your front office from your ownership. I don't care which team you root for. It should be about going all in. What about your team, though? Tell me what you think about what they're doing. Oh, man, the Giants. You know what? I, I live and die with them, but... Sometimes, like I said, they're giving me that look like they want to be competitive. You know? 
So you know what I how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm well, like I said, we we won. I mean, like I said, sorry, we we've won on some real great moves, but it don't seem like that's been happening. So that's where I'm at. I'm hoping we have a good one. Daniel Jones, let's see. Let's get Saquon. I'd even say bringing Ezekiel. We always win. We always won a championship with a Dallas Cowboy on our team. Quiet as cat. <laughs> Here, you know, the Zeke thing is funny. And Mike, thanks for the phone call. I, I, I got to be honest with you. The thing that's funny about Ezekiel Elliott is apparently like Zeke's got a wish list of teams he wants to play for. Like, you know, the Jets, it's the Jets, the Bengals. I think there was like one other team. But the funny thing about the whole thing is, like, he's got a desired list, but apparently the teams that are on that list, it's not really – the love isn't reciprocated. You know, they're not exactly bending over backwards and reaching out to bring Zeke onto their team. You know, you guys – you see what even guys on the Jets or, you know, Brees Hall even tweeted something out. And I love Brees. He's a good kid. Brees even tweeted out um, to Michael Carter – about, you know, regarding Zeke Elliott. He's like, nah, man, I think we're good. What do you think? And then he took the tweet down, but you know how the internet is. You put something up there, somebody screenshots it, and then it takes on a life of its own. Like, you know, it wasn't even deleted. I, I agree with him. I don't, think, I don't think there's any need for Zeke Elliott on this football team. I really and truly don't. And that's why, like, that would fuel into the whole dream team type thing. Like, do you really need Zeke Elliott? Like, you re- I mean, he's a name, you know? Is that a good career? But there's a reason why he's not in the Dallas Cowboys anymore. They don't feel that it's justified keeping him around and certainly the money that he was going to be making, like for the production that he gives you at this stage of his career. Like you, you, you don't need that guy. And if you're the Jets, like if you're just bringing him in to be kind of like a change of pace back, and I don't even think it would be a situation to where you look at the way LaDainian Tomlinson was used. When, you know, Rex was here and they took a run in 2010 to bring him in and pair him with Sean Green and, you know, kind of split carries and that type of thing. I mean, I I like what the Jets have right now in the backfield. You know, they re-signed Ty Johnson to be that kind of third down, change of pace guy, catching passes out of the backfield. You got, you know, I think Brees will be ready to go come training camp on his uh, comeback from the ACL. I think Brees will be ready to go, but you still got Michael Carner. You got Ty Johnson back now. You got Bam Knight, who showed you some things. You know, you want to take a flyer on a running back in the draft with like a mid to late round choice, which is when a lot of teams, you know, roll the dice on that type of position. Be my guest. Do it. Makes a lot of sense. But do you really need to go all in on Ezekiel Elliott? I I just don't think that would be the way to go. Now, the other guy, you know, there's all these rumors still about Odell Beckham. I think... Odell makes more just football sense. Odell makes more sense to me for the Jets than Ezekiel Elliott does. Now, is that going to happen? Who knows? But I'll tell you, could you imagine if the Jets, you know, report to training camp this year and Aaron Rodgers is on this team and Odell Beckham is on this team and all the guys that you got coming back? I mean, it's going to, it's, there probably is not going to be as much coverage that you've had for this club, maybe you got to go back to when the, the year the Tebow was here, where, you know, like everything Tim Tebow does, it's national news, and, and, and people were just, like, flocking and chronicling his every single step. And the thing I just keep coming back to again, it's like, think about how long, it wasn't even that long when this team was essentially an afterthought. 
where they were as low profile as low pro- low profile could be when you talk about, you know, the national reporting of the National Football League. They were an afterthought. And now they're the flavor of the month. It's incredible. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Grosser Show. We roll to the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ESPN New York, along with our partner London Jewelers, are giving you the chance to be in Cleveland when the boys from the Bronx come to town, including round-trip airfare, two-night hotel stay, and 200 bucks in spending money. Head to a London Jewelers near you to enter for your chance to win. You can also go to travelwiththehometeam.com or enter on the ESPN New York app. It's all brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit London Jewelers today at any of their seven locations, including the newest location at the Mall at Short Hills. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. When do the Yankees uh, go to Cleveland? Because that's like half the battle. Right? You want it to be like when the weather is nice, preferably, don't you? Like if it's early in the season, I mean, think about it. Like early in the season, there's cities that you kind of want to stay away from in baseball. And and to me, Cleveland would probably be one of those cities. Because you could show up there and you might be getting, you know, 30 degrees. And that's not something you want. Let me see when they do go. Because they're only going to make one trip. Um... Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. Oh, look. <laughs> it's the second week of the season. Oh, April 10th. Well, anyway, you know, you have a good time. Maybe there'll be a heat wave. Who the heck knows? 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, how, Harvey, what'd they say? How much they give you? 200 bucks with that as well? <laughs> Go buy a Canada Goose for that 200 bucks. <laughs> By golly. Danny in Long Island's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Danny, how are you? I'm doing good. The winning prize is two nights in Cleveland. What's the second price price? <laughs> can, can I take the, can I take the can I get the rice-a-roni consolation gift instead? Wow, that's, that's rough. Oh, boy. We kid because we care. That's why. What's going on, Dan? Not so much. Just uh, getting ready for some uh, baseball, and we're going to divert some, for some great uh, basketball I watched this week. Just talk about the Jets for a second. You know, I'm very excited for my Jet fans because if my Pittsburgh Steelers don't win, and from the bottom of my heart, I know so many great football fans that have been Jet fans that I really hope, and I'm a New Yorker, I never rooting against the New York teams, that the Jets win. 
but they got to calm down with the excitement. I mean, McCall Hardeman is a nice little receiver. He was on a Hall of Fame team with a, with, a, with a whole bunch of potentially Hall of Fame receivers and a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, this town just saw Galladay catch three passes. When he got signed, I mean, I thought, wow, what a steal. That guy was a, that guy's a stud. I mean, we looked at the Denver quarterback. They go to the Super Bowl next year. So all of these plans, as uh, John Steinbeck said, the best laid plans of mice and men go right. And in football, they usually do. It never seems to work out when somebody goes all in so much at once. Something goes wrong. I don't wish it. I don't, I don't hope it. Because unless you're playing my black and gold Steelers, I wish you luck. I need someone to beat the Patriots. I need someone to beat the Dolphins. I, I always root for the Jets. But they just got to tamp it down a little bit. Because, you know, you're counting on this one guy who's sitting somewhere right now in a hookah bar talking about, uh, you know, how great it's going to be to go to New York and all this stuff. And it's just, it, it could be too much. It's, it's good. Take it with a grain of salt. Keep your fingers crossed. But, boy, there's a lot of moving parts here that got to come together in a very short time. I always said if they would have got Lamar Jackson, you got a guy for seven, eight, nine, ten years. And, yes, he might get hurt, and he may have to change his game plan eventually, but at least you can plan around it. We're selling it all in for two years, and we're just looking at Denver, and you know it didn't work. So keep, keep your fingers crossed, but, man, you got to be scared. Yeah, but it's a little bit different, though, Dan, and thanks for the phone call. You hit on a lot of things there. I think the difference with Denver is, remember, Russell Wilson, say what you want about him. You know, Russell Wilson's a guy who, despite all the games he won in Seattle, guy never got one single MVP vote in his career. Not a one. And not, not, I'm not saying not winning an MVP. Never got a vote to where he finished, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth on the ballot. Never a vote. You're talking about a guy here in Aaron Rodgers, a four-time MVP. Four times. You know, I, I don't think the two compare as players. I don't, despite the fact that Russell Wilson's a little bit younger. So I don't want, I don't want to put the Denver thing in comparison. That, that, that was a mess from the get-go. You know, Hackett was somebody who was not cut out to be the head coach, but I think he'll do well here as the coordinator because, hey, Aaron Rodgers believes in him, and that's good enough, I think, for the Jets and good enough for – look, and Jets were going to hire this guy regardless if Aaron Rodgers was coming aboard or not whoever the quarterback was going to be. They had faith that he was going to be the one best served to run this offense. As far as Hardman is concerned, look, I, I think the Jets know what he is, and I think that everybody knows what he is, right? McCole Hardman, I don't think it's fair to make the Galladay comparison like like um, Mike just did or Danny just did because, remember, Giants signed Galladay to be the guy, to be the number one. Hardman is here on a one-year deal, right? He's a, a, a slot guy more than anything else, right? That's all he is. He's going to blend into the offense. He's probably going to return some kicks as well. I, I, I think the roles are a little bit different here. But if you're the Jets, I mean, this, this is a move you have to make. You have to make it. Because as we talked about during the entire buildup to this, what are your other alternatives? And what type of position of strength have you been operating from for the last 20 years when you've won absolutely nothing? Dave is in Queens. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you? Dan, good. The talented Dan Grasso. Thanks. You're, um, you're great. I liked your banter last week when the guy said, um, you know, takes one to no one with the ego. That was, like, funny. You know, like when – remember that clip? That was oh, really yes, yes, funny. yes, yes, yes. That was our friend that, Chris Patola. Yes. <laughs> Chris Patola, yeah, it was excellent. That was a great sound bite right there. Um, it was really good. But um, my point is this. I think it has to be brought up. It's never brought up. Now she has an accomplished resume. This woman is amazing resume, and I'll give her a lot of credit. Her name is Val Ackerman, okay? 
Yeah. Head of the for biggies. those who don't know her, they, mm-hmm. Big East Commissioner, yes. A lot of people might not know her because she's very quiet. She don't, she don't come out and do state of the addresses, which I think she should at least – uh, and that, to my knowledge, I'm a big, big East guy going back mm-hmm. since Dave Gavin and Mike Trangisi, and those two built it. Now, she's not ruining it. Now, even Creighton might even win it all. But allowing – my point, Dan, is allowing the Providence fiasco to occur for a defection of a coach who's – they're saying alleged. Now, I think it was occurring. Do I have proof? No. He's he's already talking about players for next year when he's coaching Providence for Georgetown. That is a real bad look. And that Miss Ackerman, who's accomplished more things in sports than I ever will, but I'm just a fan of the Big East probably longer than she is, and she's older than me. I want her to come out and talk about the Providence thing. I don't want this thing. It's gonna, it's not going to happen, I know, but to be swept under the rug. What Ed Cooley did is a, it's a disgrace to the Big East and what Dave Gavin and Mike Trangisi built, and Val Ackerman's probably having a coffee today, not even thinking about it. And I wanted to put it out there. I don't expect you to blast her. Maybe I just did, but it has to be put out there. Well, Dave, let me ask you a question. Are you a Providence yeah. fan? No, not at all. I'm a Big East lover. Like, it's a okay. top ten sports thing in my life is Big East basketball. Whether it used to be the way it was to now, I'll always love the brand. And she never speaks upon it. I never see her anywhere. I saw her at an event on ESPN ran about a year ago when, uh, with Gordon Damer. I saw the lady. I tried to speak with her. She's very she's very abrupt. I don't know. But I want to talk. I want her to talk to me as a fan, a Big East lover. Miss Ackerman, if you're listening, and you obviously aren't, but please put it out there. Get, talk, tell us about the state of the Big East. Maybe after Creighton wins it all, she might show up. Well, maybe they win and, it all. Dave, yep. thanks for the phone call, my friend, really. And a little off the beaten path there. And, look, I've seen Val Ackerman do a lot of interviews over the last couple of weeks, certainly when the Big East tournament was in town, you know, the lead-up to the um, NCAA tournament. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I could have swore that she was on the K show with, with Michael and Peter when they were at the um, – at the bar at Penn Station. Well, that little sound effect means that, that she was on, the, on that Friday. when it Because I was maybe going to do the show with Michael that day because the guys weren't feeling well. Everybody was sick. Um, so I was on standby. But she was on with those guys. So she's made herself available. And why not? Why, why would you want to hide right now with the way the Big East is operating? You know, there's eight teams still playing in college basketball. Two of them are from the Big East. That's pretty good. We'll talk about it a little bit more for those who don't know exactly what the heck is going on behind the scenes. I'll shed some light on it when we come back. More of your calls as well. Dan Gross's show till the top. Then we hand things over to Anita right here on 98.7 ESPN. Nobody knows that more than you. It takes an ego guy to know an ego guy. And no, nobody knows <laughs> so better than Dan Gross. This is the Dan Grosser show on 98.7 ESPN. So. Hoops update, like you said, you got your first two tickets to the Final Four punch today. FAU against K-State, that's at the Garden, coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, East Regional Final, then the Goody out west in Vegas just before 9 o'clock. UConn-Gonzaga, as I said earlier, winner of that game, I think, going to have to be considered the favorite to cut down the nets, which I think right now is UConn. It is their tournament to lose, especially with both number one seeds losing last night in Alabama and Houston, so it should be another great day of hoops in the NCAA tournament. Before the break, we had that caller about the Big East. And, hey, the Big East, jump on the board now. Jump on the bandwagon now if you're not already there. Uh, Now with Patino coming aboard to St. John's, he's going to turn that program around extremely quick. But if you think about, you know, UConn and Creighton, what they're doing, Sean Miller's got that Xavier program. I think Xavier's headed to potentially, you know, Elite Eights, Final Fours over the next few years. Remember, 
Xavier was a team that wasn't even in the tournament last year, and Sean Miller had him in the Sweet 16 already in one season. Shocking what he did with Marquette. Marquette was picked for ninth in the league this year, and they won a Big East championship. They were a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think Villanova will be a year better. We'll see what Shaheen does at Seton Hall. And, of course, the drama over the last week was with Ed Cooley leaving Providence to go to Georgetown. Now, a lot of people frown down upon that because it's Big East on Big East crime. Right, one school poaching another school's coach. And Ed Cooley, you know, he is Providence. He's from Providence, grew up there. He was an institution there. Um, and for him to up and leave his hometown school to go to a rival in Georgetown, look, to me it's a no-brainer because Georgetown could pay him more money. They're paying him $6 million a year to get it done. The D.C. area, um, I think that Georgetown's a better – I mean, look, you think about history of Georgetown basketball, history of Providence, I don't think there's a comparison. If anybody's old enough to remember the John Thompson, Ewing, morning, those days with Georgetown, Iverson, Georgetown's a bigger national brand than Providence. So from a professional standpoint, it's a no-brainer. It doesn't mean that it stings if you're Providence. And Steve Napolillo, who is the athletic director of Providence, he didn't hold back this week. Um, in the aftermath of, of Cooley up and leaving to go to Georgetown. And like I said, within the conference, you know, there's supposed to be a fraternity. You don't really see too many coaches make the leap within a league unless they get fired. You know, if a guy gets fired and he wants to stick it to the other school and go take a job with a rival, you do that. But willingly leaving to take a job someplace else, you don't see it that often. So kind of rubbed Providence the wrong way. Here was Steve Napolillo, the Providence AD, talking about the whole situation. College athletics is really at a crossroads because we talk about educating our student athletes and that goes all out the door on a lot of things. And for me, the athletic, the Providence College, to be in a room with my fellow colleagues where I felt a bond, where I felt a trust, where I felt that the athletic director at Georgetown was a mentor to me and a friend, as a first-year AD, to put myself in a position that I have a you know family I have to take care of, if I wasn't ready and saw smoke signs, this could be a lot different conversation. So that's where, for me, is when I talk to people is I understand the business, but I really thought at the Big East we had something different. So when we got in that room, we looked at each other as colleagues. We had respect. We had integrity and that we treated a different way. And that's been completely thrown off the door. I mean, look, I could see that his feelings are hurt, but Steve, and I don't know Steve, never met him, and I wish him all the luck in the world. Maybe we'll talk one day here soon, right? But, I mean, Steve, welcome to college sports in 2023. You know, like I said, Ed Cooley had six million reasons to up and leave. You think it was easy for him? You think he wanted to leave? I mean, seriously, Ed Cooley's beloved in Providence. Beloved. You know, a couple of years, last year he had that team smoking. I mean, they, they were a damn good team last year. Had Omar Minaya's kid, Justin, and part. I mean, they were a real, real good team. And I thought they could have did, you know, a, a lot of damage in the tournament. But somebody's going to pay you that type of money, and you're going to have more resources at your disposal and all these things. I mean, it's, it, it, it's Georgetown. It, it, it's a no-brainer. There's only so many of these jobs to go around, man. I mean, look at the landscape of what these players are doing now. You know, look at what each coach has to go through after each season. You have to re-recruit your entire roster and sell them not just what you got that initial commitment from them when they decided to go to your program, but then at the end of each year, you have to say, okay, here's why I think you should stay at this school. 
and not put yourself in the transfer portal to go play someplace else because whether it's a desired location for a different coach because the NIL money is going to be better at that school, it's a different world. It's a different life. So, I mean, this ain't going to be the first. It ain't going to be the last where you're going to have coaches even jump and ship within the same league. It's just it's the way it is. It's a high-stakes game. A lot of money to be had. And we'll see where Providence goes. You know, Kim English is, I think, the guy that's taken over. I mean, look, he's got his work cut out for him here. And I don't think Ed Cooley's going to wave a magic wand and have Georgetown back in the NCAA tournament next year. Let's put it this way. Patino's going to have St. John's winning faster than Ed Cooley's going to have Georgetown winning. And when I say winning, like getting back to the tournament. And I thought it was pretty evident something that Patino said. And look, guys like him could get away with this because he's a Hall of Fame coach. The thing that Patino said at the press conference earlier this week, you know what? All the guys that are still on this team from the previous year, he's like, a lot of these guys aren't going to be on the team next year. Normally a professional coach could say that, but that's why I said like the college game now is almost mirroring professional sports. With roster turnover and players and that sort of thing, that A, the players themselves are going to realize, I don't want to play for Patino. I'm going to go play someplace else. Or else Patino's going to realize, you know what, these guys, and he's going to be honest with them, you're not my type of player. You know, you, you just, you're just not cut out for the style that I want to play, and I know what the hell I'm talking about because I've got national championships. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I've taken three schools to the Final Four. And you talk about Providence, you talk about Rick Patino. The irony is, of course, you know, Providence, one of the teams that Rick Patino took once upon a time to a Final Four. And, oh, by the way, trivia question. Who was the athletic director, since we just heard from the Providence AD, who was the athletic director at Providence once upon a time who hired Rick Pitino to be the head basketball coach? Anybody know the answer to that one? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? It's the guy who's the general manager right now for the New York Islanders is a Hall of Fame hockey executive, Lou Lamarillo. How about that? How about that? Guys can identify talent in multiple jobs. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. Um, That's going to do it for us. This was a fun little program you and I just had. Appreciate your listenership. Thanks to Jim Duquette for hopping on earlier this morning. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to Joe for producing the program. Remember, you got Ranger Hockey a little bit later on, starting at 4.30 today. But Anita's coming up next. Dan Gross is saying I'll talk to you soon right here on 98.7. Enjoy your Saturday, everybody. Bye-bye. Bueller. Hello. Bueller. Hello. Um, he's sick.